you deserve to live life with confidence. We're your hosts, Brooke Brewer and Danny Mullen here from Raw Fitness. Confidently Flawed is a podcast dedicated to bringing you the secret sauce and helping you look good and feel even better. What's holding you back from being the most confident you? What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Confidently Flawed podcast. Danny here and Brooke joining you to dive into emotions today. We're going to get a little emotional with you. So our, our topic today is, is all about emotional eating. And this is this is a conversation that I know I've had with a lot of people when it came comes to, you know, improving their nutrition, improving their health, and just how much of an impact that nutrition, or, or I should say emotions play on nutrition. And it's, it's not, it's not for me personally, something that fortunately I've had to struggle with too much. You know, I, I think for me, I, I, I do a little bit, but mine's kind of different from a lot of people. For me, when I go into poor choices with eating and stuff like that, it's more of the reward center. It's like, oh, I did really well here. Now I can have that sugar or now I can, you know, feed into things, which does tie into, you know, emotions and eating. Um, but but it's not so much that, you know, when I get sad or upset that I go to food, you know, but Brooke, I know I know you have a little bit more background on this and, and knowledge when it comes to, you know, um, emotions and eating and all that. I'd love to hear from your perspective because I know I can definitely learn a lot in this topic. You know, Danny, I'm envious of you that you don't have any too many triggers when it comes to emotional eating, because I wish I could say the same. And I know a lot of our listeners do as well. And maybe that's a lot of it to do with the female body and our, our monthly cycles and our hormones and, or, or maybe not necessarily. I think that emotions and eating is a struggle that a lot of people have whether it be you emotionally eat because you feel frustrated because you're not getting the results that you wanted, or you're having a bad day. So you turn to food or, you know, you're just struggling with energy. And so you're tired and you eat. I mean, I think there's so much that goes into it. And do I know the actual answer of why, why we do what we do? I, I don't totally know. I do think it has a lot to do with our mind control. And I think that Yes, we can sit here and spend a lot of time talking about foods, but I think this conversation is actually much deeper than foods. I actually think it's a lot more of personal reflection, right? When you are finding yourself reaching towards food, reaching towards emotional eating or continuously eating that food, I, I don't really truly think it's the food that we are going for. I mean, trust me, when I am on that time of the month, chips and guac are like the best things ever. I mean, they're the best things ever as it is, but extra, extra, extra much. I want chips and guac because we all know I love guacamole, <laughs> but I think there's so much more that goes to it when we're sad, we want to have like sweets or if we're tired or we're, you know, frustrated with ourselves. Oh, why not just have an extra serving of cake or of ice cream? And I think that at least for me, one of the biggest things that I, again, I think this is a bigger conversation than food, right? Because we need to get to the root of our problems, right? And I know Brianna actually talked about this in our sugar episode, and, and I want to bring up some things that she brought up because I think it's important because 
There is a reason why we do what we do for everything. We don't naturally just go, oh, I'm going to have ice cream right now at this very moment. Like there's a reason why we do that. And then there's also a reason why we don't have the willpower to say no. And so I want to first challenge everyone to step away from the idea of why you're eating or, or the specific food that you're eating and ask yourself why you're eating what you're eating. Does it bring you comfort or does it soothe you? I want to ask you that deeper question. Does eating an extra bowl of ice cream really bring you comfort? I know for me, it might in that very moment that I'm eating it. And five minutes later, I hate my life and my stomach hurts and I'm miserable and I feel it the next day. And I think that in that very split second moment, we need that food. We feel like we do, but then a few minutes later, we regret it. And I can, I can pretty much assume that most people actually do feel that way. I don't feel like people have a binging moment, eat a bunch of crappy food, and then are happy they did that five minutes later. I don't think that's what we hear. I think what we hear is they regret it. And so what I want to challenge everyone to do is rather than grabbing that food, I want you to do something that brings you joy. And how do we find those things? you know, really, really go through your life and and find the things that bring you joy. Because I know, especially from experience, if I am craving food or if I'm wanting something crappy, I just need to get out of that urge in that moment, right? Because again, you have to remember it's a split second enjoyment of food to then feel crappy. So what's the difference of having a split second decision to do something to get yourself away from the food? Things like going for a walk, or, you know, taking a a relaxing bath or going and reading a book or even hopping in your car and going for a car ride, getting you away from the house or going and grabbing a board game and playing a board game, right? If we can get out of that split second moment, it actually might make you forget that you wanted those foods. And then if you come back and you realize "I, I still want that, well, I think there's a point of indulging and there's there's a point of also realizing that we do need to take, you know, we do need to enjoy life in a moment too. But I think this gets so much more deeper than the conversation of food. And and I can go on and on and on about the deeper rooted issues of, of food. You know, it's it has so much to do with just our personal self-confidence and ourself, our personal satisfaction, our happiness levels. But I would say my biggest, biggest recommendation is to remind yourself that split second of enjoyment that you get from food can be gone in a split second if you find something else to distract you from that moment. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point, Brooke, when it comes to like kind of looking at maybe some of the underlying cause. And that's, as I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you know, is a big thing that we like to preach here, right? Instead of putting band-aids on things, like really look at like what's what's kind of causing those issues, you know, for you, right. More than just trying to have a quick fix. And when it comes to emotional eating, you know, I, I think getting into the science a little bit of what you talked about, you know, when, when we, when we crave those foods or we have those foods, what happens is, you know, we get that rush, right. Especially when it comes to sugar, we get that rush and we produce serotonin in the brain um, and in the gut for, that, that rush of sugar, right? It, it makes us feel good. Those chemical reactions in the brain. So our body goes from like this depressed state or upset state or whatever it is to feeling better. So they're associating that food with that serotonin boost, right? When it's, it's not really the food itself, it's more the chemical reactions from the food um, or from you doing that. So, you know, when, when we're doing that kind of thing, or we're going through that kind of cycle or process, it's, 
it's kind of like a kind of like a pinball machine, you know, where you, you, when one thing happens, you, you go to food, you feel good from the serotonin, you get this rush, you start to feel good first. And then you kind of mention it. Well, then it starts to dip and then you kind of feel bad. Well, you actually will start to produce anxiety. So you'll end up with more anxiety because your serotonin is dipping down, you know, and, and it, it becomes that never ending cycle. So you keep going back through it and you start to develop those neurotransmitters or those, those neural pathways that I talk about a lot in your brain from every time something happens, a, so like an, a, an emotional situation, I always go to B food because it's, it's the next step in, you know, getting that feel good hormone to turn back on. And, and every time you do that, that, that connection becomes stronger. And then that habit becomes much stronger and it's your initial kind of instinct reaction. And it's, it's kind of hard to get out of when it comes to that. So, you know, that those, those like different levels of the chemicals of the brain, when it comes to serotonin is why you probably run into those highs and lows and why you crave those foods during that time. But I, I kind of, you said something and it made me think about like a lot of the times, like, you know, being tired and, and things like that. Sometimes when it comes to emotional eating, I would even take a step back and not only look at what's the root cause, but like even more like, is it actually emotions that I'm tying to? Yes, there is the serotonin aspect that I'm talking about, but it, you know, if, if I'm tired, my body's going to always crave sugar because it, it knows that it's quick, simple energy source. That's going to boost my energy. Right. So is it, is it an emotional eating or am I just really tired and I need to work on my sleep? Right. Or am I running into, you know, am I dehydrated or am I lacking minerals? And that's why I'm craving maybe salty foods. Right. So there could be some underlying things that are actually causing the cravings outside of just emotions. So maybe looking at different things that going on or things you're doing or not doing that maybe could improve your health or, or do things a little bit different that could help with some of these emotional eating situations or, you know, one that, you know, people that tend to diet is, is you have two hormones called leptin and ghrelin, which, you know, is going to cause you to feel full and satiated. And the other is going to tell you to be hungry. And when you're, you're manipulating your, your, your dieting, if you will, um, those hormones are going to get pretty um, affected. So you could just be in a situation that your body's producing a lot of the hormones to tell it to crave food because it needs food, you know? So I think that's, that's really critical when it comes to like the science behind like, why is our brain, why do we want these emotional, you know, connections when it comes to the food, you know? So Brooke, some of the things like that you, you talked about, I think are important. Like what are some of the things that have really worked well for you or, you know, whether it's overcoming it or, or just becoming more aware of it or what's really the cause, like what, what, what type of things has helped you? So it's, it's actually something that I, I read in my all-time favorite book ever is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And basically in his book, he talks about how to build good habits. And he had a conversation actually about building a good habit, but I took it to also help eliminate a bad habit from my life. And I want to explain that. So one of the habits that he talks about in this book is basically, it's almost like the idea of positive reinforcement. And I, I use this in my life when I was trying to get back into reading and I 
had to read at least one chapter of a book until I could have my coffee. Now I'm not too much of a coffee person, but I was in this time where I I actually was craving coffee and I couldn't have my coffee until I read. And so that got me reading more. And then essentially I was rewarding myself. And so A, that's a great idea if you're looking to build a good habit, but I know we're not talking about that. But on the other side, something that I started doing, and and again, this is definitely a a mental thing. Like you have to be strict with yourself if you're going to do something like this. But I almost did a, almost like a, a, a positive reinforcement, but with a negative type thing. Right. So essentially I'm like, okay, I want a a thing of rice Krispie treats. (laughs) One of my favorite sweets and desserts of all times is rice Krispie treats still in the bowl, like nice and warm. My mom used to do it when she was in college with her roommate and I, she taught it to me and you don't even make the rice Krispie treats. You keep it in the bowl. Anyways, now everyone's going to go running and having rice Krispie treats. But for example, if I want to go have a rice Krispie treat, I can't make or have that rice Krispie treat at all whatsoever until I do something that I can't stand. For example, 50 burpees. Like before I do anything bad, I have to do 50 burpees. And if I do those 50 burpees, or even if it's 10 burpees, then okay, fine. I can do that. But that little bit of that switch in your brain to make you do something that you don't want to do, your odds of actually having that Rice Krispie treat are pretty low if you pick something that you don't like doing. And again, this is this is definitely something that comes with a lot of self-accountability because obviously you can sit there and go, oh, screw it. I don't want to have to do that. So you, you do have to be self-accountable, but it actually is something that's really helped me. Another thing that I don't even necessarily think it, well, I know it's helped me because I've seen it in my real time, but I I just want to bring up the broad statement because I get this question a lot when talking about cravings or how can you eat so clean all the time and not crave things? Because like, I I will be honest, I do eat a very, very clean daily routine. I, I don't have sweets hardly at all. I really, truly don't have any unhealthy processed foods. And, and I had this actually conversation with one of my friends the other day of how do you not just crave like ice cream all the time? And, you know, I, I truly do believe, and I know there is actually science behind it. So Danny, you actually might have some more back story on this, but the more healthy that you eat, the more nutrition that you are giving your body, the less that you are going to crave and the less that you are going to want junk. The more that you eat junk, the more that you eat food that isn't good for you, the more you're going to want it. And I do think when Danny made that comment about the serotonin levels and in your gut and your brain that get released when you eat something very, very quick for that satisfaction that you have, you, it, 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 is that quick moment, but then all of a sudden it starts to make you feel like crap. But what if we were filling that serotonin levels? What if we were finding something else to to bump up those serotonin levels to the point where then your body isn't constantly being reinforced of, oh, we're sad. Okay, great. We need to boost that serotonin really quick by eating crappy food. And then all of a sudden they remember that unhealthy food is what's going to give you that quick boost of serotonin. What if we replace that with something else? Again, finding other things that bring you joy that will help boost that serotonin. So it's not from emotions and food. Yeah, Brooke, that was, uh, that was actually one of my tips I was going to do is figure out ways to increase your serotonin naturally, right. In different formats. So 
um, you know, a couple of key things are like do strength training two to three times a week. That's for sure going to improve your, your serotonin, do some level of like a high intensity interval training. Hence why we do both of those that are at raw. Right. And there's, there's a reason behind those other than just weight loss or improving our health. It's, it's to improve our gut, improve our mood, improve our emotions and things like that. There's some back end stuff that that helps, um, getting a high volume of good quality probiotics in your diet whether that's through foods like, you know, fermented foods, different things there, or taking supplementation, you know, uh, the, I recommend like, if you can get 25 billion units from 15 different strains of probiotics every day, that's, that's a good goal to start with, you know? So I think those three things right there are relatively easy for anybody to be able to do at their own capacity. And if, if you start to do those, you're, you're going to see an increase in your serotonin and you may see a decrease in your your cravings, you know, we, uh, it's funny, Brooke, you were talking about you doing the burpees and all that. That's actually one of the primary coaching cues that we do for in our nutrition coaching and our accountability coaching. And we call it the distractive method. So going back to a couple of minutes ago, when I was talking about the neural pathways in the brain. So you go from a, you always go to B it's that it, when the more frequently you do it, the more consistent it becomes. And I've talked a little bit about this before, you know, if I'm driving a car, when I first started driving, like I was white knuckled, I was like, I was so conscious of everything. I, I like, like how much pressure I put on the brake. Like I was so conscious. Right. But the more repetitions I did now it's, it's unconscious when I drive, it's the same kind of thing for something like this. I'm emotional. I'm stressed at work. I come home, I eat rice, crispy treats in the bowl, right. Or whatever it is. So you, you just keep reoccurring and strengthening that habit. Well, what, what we do here at raw with a lot of our members is when we're doing our coaching with them is if they have a habit like that, we do something we call the distractive method. And all that is, is instead of going from, you know, instead of saying I'm going from a to B, you're going to go from a to C first. And then you can still come back to be kind of like you're doing with the, before you have the rice crispy treats, you have to, you have to do the 50 burpees, right? Before you do X, you have to do Y. That's exactly the model that we use it funny or not. You know, I know you're, you're part of our team here at raw, but like you didn't necessarily know that part. So I think that's pretty cool that you do that, but yeah. So we'll say like, okay, if you have issues with, you know, something sweet at night, you're still allowed to have it. You can still have it every day if you want. But the only thing we want you to work on right now is instead of going right directly to that, when you sit down and watch TV or whatever your trigger is, um, soon as that trigger happens, we want you to decide right now what you're going to do instead. So maybe it's 50 jumping jacks. Maybe it's go walk a mile outside or on the treadmill. Like there's no right or wrong. We encourage it to be physical because again, if that emotional attachment is something like anxiety or stress, you're going to have a lot of that built up energy. I don't know if you guys ever seen like geese or ducks when they like, they like start like fighting or get mad at each other. They like freak out and they start like flapping their wings. They're, they're actually getting all that anxiousness energy out. And then they're usually fine after, right. It's kind of the same concept with us. Like get some of that like emotional, like energy that we have built up or stored up. And a lot of times what you'll find, you mentioned it too, you do the 50 burpee, especially if you do 50 burpees, but you do anything like that, you're probably not even really going to want it after you're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of good, you know? Um, and that's the best case scenario. But for those listening, like, even if you start with the process that Brooke was talking about, or what we call the distraction method, just start doing something that probably takes at least a couple minutes, but it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, 
and, and just do that before you give in. And if you still give in, so be it. That's not the goal. The goal is to do the distraction method first because it's interrupting that habitual pattern. So now it's not your first instinct in the future to go back and, you know, kind of go right to the Rice Krispies or whatever it is, you know? And I think if, if you can do that, it's, it's going to go a long way for you. And, and you mentioned, you know, when you eat healthier, you're going to have less cravings. When you eat poorly, you're going to have more cravings. The main component to that is just when you eat something that is nutritionally void, your, your body's very smart. It's very smart and dumb at the same time that for survival mechanisms, it knows if I eat some fruit, it's going to come with phytonutrients. It's going to come with micronutrients. It's going to come with enzymes. It's going to come with fiber. It's going to come with, you know, all these different, you know, carbohydrates, whatever. Well, if I see, eat something that's just straight sugar, right. Or I eat cookies. Well, my body's going to say, okay, this is sugar. Well, what I need to do it there, there's also should be vitamins and enzymes and minerals and all these things with it. Maybe it's in the next bite. Let's keep eating until I get that nutritional value that's supposed to come with this sugar content. And if it doesn't get, it's going to keep asking for it because it's not really filling you up because you're not getting any nutrients or fiber or whatever it is generally. So that's one of the primary reasons why when you eat poorly, you crave more poor food because your body's telling you, oh, it's probably in the next bite when it's not. And and we all know that, but your body doesn't know that, you know? Yeah. That's definitely a, that's definitely a very interesting thing to think about, but that's so true. And it's funny that you say our bodies are so smart, but they're so dumb at the same time, because that's a pure example of that. Like our bodies are very routine. Our bodies. Remember, we've talked about this a lot. Our bodies do not perform to help you lose weight ever. Our bodies are performing to keep you alive and to help you survive and to also maintain natural homeostasis in your body. So remember your body is not constantly trying to burn fat. Your body's trying to absorb nutrients. Cause again, it's trying to survive. So your body sees sugar. They think healthy. Okay. Because that's what you know, that's what our ancestors, our ancestors never used to have these, you know, processed cookies and cakes and sweets. Their sugar solely came from carbohydrates in a very, very, very raw form and, and fruits. So I do think it's very important to, to know, um, your sources and also know again, where, what, what, what kind of sugar are you eating? Is it nutritious sugar? And maybe that could be an alternate, right? If you are craving sugar rather than like reaching for, let's say in a bowl of ice cream, reach for a sugar that has a little bit more nutritional contents to it. So reach for raspberries or something that I like to do is I like to put blueberries in the freezer and actually eat frozen blueberries. There's something about them being frozen that just makes them that much more sweetie to me and that much more enjoyable. So you can do something like that, right? So if you truly are like Brooke and Danny, yeah, you guys are, you guys are talking the talk, but that sounds near impossible. Why don't you try switching it out? Why don't you try alternating to a, maybe it's still sugar, but maybe it's just a better sugar alternative. And then hopefully the goal is you start to slowly work off of that and you start to slowly not want it. Cause again, the less that you actually give your body, these foods that aren't the best for you, the less your body's going to crave them because your body realizes again, they don't need them to survive. In fact, your body can tell when a food is not providing it 
nutrients. It, it can tell it, it knows that this is not good. And that's what causes so many negative effects in our body. But I think, I think it is a very important thing to, to really take note of is that our emotions play so much into our eating. And so I know for me, a huge takeaway from, from this conversation. And I would just say that the one thing that I really would recommend when it comes to emotions and eating is, is first off, know your triggers, but then also find, make that list of the things that bring you joy and the things that make you happy. Because if you are finding yourself reach for foods, when your emotions, like Danny said, let's find other things that increase those serotonin levels. So it doesn't come from food. What would you say your one thing is Danny? Yeah, I really like the finding alternatives to to improving your serotonin and finding healthy alternative. Actually funny. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in the, the notes here as well. We, uh, we just created a, how to crush your, your sugar and salt cravings. Uh, it's a guide. It's a seven step process. It's really valuable. And, and we even give you like alternatives. So like, if you're craving these types of food, do this, uh, we'll put it in here that you guys can download for free. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. But anyways, the, I think the one takeaway for me is, you know, it's it definitely like taking a step back and looking at what's really, truly the cause. But I think it's, I think the, one of the, you know, key takeaways, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I like, I like action items. Right. So I think for me, it's definitely the action item of using that distraction method, find something that, you know, you can do no matter what the situation is and you can follow through with it. Again, it doesn't have to be 50 burpees like Brooks doing, but it could be, you know, something relative to you, or it's like, I have to, I have to go downstairs and come back up, you know, three times or something, right. Just something to like, get you out of the, the focus point. And it's, it's something, it doesn't matter who we are. We can, we can come up with something that we can use. And then just every time you have that trigger, you have that thing come up, just do that action item and do that for the next month. And then you can start to like make substitutions and do different things there. And cause you're, you're going to be that much more apt to be able to handle that next tier of like, healthy alternatives and all that, you know? So I think that's a, I think that's a huge takeaway uh, from the conversation today for sure. I love it. Awesome. Well, if you are, I I feel we need to make sure we say this too. If if you are struggling with your emotions and and this conversation was great for you, but you are struggling, just know you're never alone. Never, ever, ever. Are you alone with your emotions? And if you need someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out to us or go and speak with a loved one and ask for help or find a trained professional to help you through your emotions. Because Danny and I, this is a subject that's very near and dear to your heart. And by no means do we want to trigger anything like that for you guys, but we want you to know that help is out there, whether it's a friend, a loved one, one of us, or a trained professional that can help you get you through your emotional struggles. So next week, we have a really great episode for you guys. We've had a lot of questions about intermittent fasting, and I'm actually really excited for this one because I don't know too much about it. So Danny's got a lot of really great information that he is going to bring to the show next week. So you'll have to tune in next week to hear all about why intermittent fasting, what the benefits of it are, and if it's something that works for you. So thanks for tuning in, you guys, and we will see you again next week, Tuesday at 2 p.m. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.